Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Gary Hermanson, folks, has been for decades regarded as one of New Zealand's leading experts in social work, psychotherapy, counselling, uh, counsellor education and sports psychology, educated at uh, Berkeley University in California and predominantly at Massey University where uh, he achieved as a scholar to a high degree and then as a tutor, a professor. Uh, he's been an advisor to the Commonwealth Olympic Games teams in the past uh, and it's a strong association with New Zealand cricket, equestrian New Zealand and many others. He is highly qualified to talk about athlete pressure and burnout. And Gary Hermitson, uh, thanks very much for making yourself available this morning. Uh, good to catch up with you again. Yeah, hi Ian. Good, good to do the same. Uh, listen, uh, the hottest topic, I, I think, not so much involving uh, New Zealand athletes at the moment, but the, is this scenario where Simone Biles, the highest profile athlete or gymnast anyway, uh, has started to withdraw from competitions. We need to get a bit more of an insight uh, just onto the pressures of being an athlete and perhaps an individual athlete as opposed to a team athlete. Uh, what's she going through that, that has uh, really uh, produced this outcome? Well, and listen to what you said before. I think you captured it as well. The, the main thing is that ultimately the, the pressure of expectations has got finally to the point for her where um, it's become too difficult to manage and it's, effect, it's affected her delivery. And um, I think in that sense, she's feeling like it's better to kind of let it go and to deal with her own demons rather than to try and push on and meet some uh, potential satisfaction of, of the nation, really. See, you know, great performance uh, produces fame, it produces income, I suppose, I would imagine, Behind the scenes, she's uh, endorsing and, and doing very, very well out of uh, of her achievements, etc. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, she's 24 years of age, which some would say uh, is young, uh, but in terms of her performance, she's been around for quite some time, and I think that's one of the surprising things that it's hit now. Yes, I think with her and uh, with uh, Naomi Osaka in particular, you know, very high profile. Uh, at the point of competition, it's almost like there's a hitting a brick wall around that. You could have imagined that she might have thought about that before the Olympics and, and dealt with it, but decided to go ahead. And, and the, the problem is that any athlete going out under that pressure, as you'll know, is that that ability to get the brain and the body working together, dealing with whatever's uh, right in front of you. But when you get pushed into the need to achieve a goal um, or whatever, outcome is, is required or demanded, then there's that separation of alignment. So the brain is no longer 
fully occupied on the task at hand. It's now partly trying to manage the future and to deal with the consequences that might occur, positive or, in this case, potentially negative, the, the, the emotional life and death that can go with that, really. Uh, Gary Hermitson is with us, uh, sports psychologist and, and really an expert on, on the subject of what's happening, really, uh, to Simone Biles. Um, Gary, a lot of people say, and we had a few texts uh, yesterday when the first news of her pulling out came through, just bite the bullet and get on with it. You know, you, yesterday you let your team down. Um, you know, just, just there's going to be ups and downs in sport, and you're the best person to, to show the young of the world how you fight through them rather than pulling out. What do you think of that attitude? Well, I think it's naive in a way because um, if you get to that point where it's clear that you're not going to be able to do that, and in this case it seemed like she'd arrived at a point in competition, which was unusual, which said, look, I just can't, I can't do what's required of me. So to then say, oh, harden up and go and do it, is overlooking the inner dynamics that are going on. It's not that straightforward. It's not just, oh, I've suddenly become weak. It's because there's a, a kind of, I mean, basically the, two main fears we have as human beings is the fear of rejection and the fear of abandonment. And to do that, you know, when you go out there and you're trying to um, meet expectations, the fear of failure and that suddenly overwhelms you in that, in that regard. So it's a bit naive just to say, harden up, get out there and do it, um, because it's not likely to have been the case anyway. Gary, I've, I've been following uh, Simone Biles because I, I kind of figured she was going to be one of the the stars of the show, and uh, she was going to attract all sorts of ratings, etc. Um, and and uh, leading up to the Olympics, she'd been performing all sorts of marvellous things, particularly in the vault and somersaulting, etc., uh, achieving things that no athlete had ever done before. So I was kind of uh, assuming she was peaking. Uh, has, she, has this been gradual, or has, has she just snapped? I think she's got a, I mean, as, as we know, she's had a, a background of experiences in life which have been difficult. Um, but I think the hard part was that in the lead up to the Olympics, it's almost like the better she got and the more spectacular she got, the more the assumption was that it was a gold medal, you know, done deal. Um, and I think probably what's happened is it's arrived at the point where that transition from preparation, which is, you know, relatively more straightforward into the actual delivery on the world stage in front of, the, the nation and her nation, which is massive in terms of its uh, demands. I think that's basically the, the timing of it makes sense when you think about it in those terms. She uh, obviously performs in front of vast crowds. I mean, you know, she's a, a, a hot ticketer in, in her own right, regardless of other athletes who are the gymnasts who may be taking part at any one event. But, uh, of course, there is the scenario now in Tokyo of no fans, no atmosphere, and I just wonder whether that might uh, have contributed because often, and you will advise, I suppose, athletes along the way that you can use atmosphere and that sort of thing to your advantage and, and get you up. Without that, that must be a totally foreign thing for a, a lot of the athletes uh, taking part in, the, in these Olympics. Yes, there's a kind of an isolation that goes with that, and you're, you know, you're absolutely right. The the crowd is particularly in gymnastics where there's a lot of buzz and energy, and if if it had not been the COVID scenario, there would have been a real group of of US supporters, and it would have been possible to to drive off that. But to uh, to go without that is problematic, and you could also see the point that that you made about the crowd too. I mean, the All Blacks have had difficulties over the years in the World Cup scenario, they get to that point where you're know, best team in the world, 
go into the, the knockout stages of World Cups, and they struggled uh, apart from the first and maybe the um, the two fifteen uh, combination. But uh, the Eden Park in two eleven was probably the thing that carried them through to the point where they could actually hold the ground, and as uh, uh, the coach Graham Henry said, "You know, they they thrashed France by one point, but it was so narrow. But it was probably the crowd, the home crowd, really carried them through to the point they could hold on long enough to be able to deliver what the nation demanded." Overall, Gary, I mean, you've, uh, this is one of uh, your great passions, and of course, uh, one of your great studies in life. Uh, are we starting? As a, is there more pressure on now with media coverage? Uh, you know, and of expectation. Do athletes just have to live with more pressure than perhaps they used to have to? Uh, maybe as a little time ago, as ten, twelve years ago. Yes, I think that's absolutely the case. The consequences and the, the visibility of what goes on is much more intense in that way. And there's been a shift over time. Um, story I tell quite a bit is that in the Commonwealth Games in 1998 in Kuala Lumpur, where I was my first Games, it was quite a lonely experience. You know, I'd walk down the street and athletes would, I'd just notice them subtly finding ways to be distracted and go somewhere else because to be seen in my company as a sports psychologist was an indication of them having troubles. But over time, there's been much more attention on that so that in Rio, last games of that, you know, it wasn't at all unusual for athletes to call across the dining room and say, hey, you're available this afternoon or can I catch you now or whatever. And I think what's happening is that there's much more preventive work going on around mental health and well-being, but we probably haven't quite caught up yet. We're still dealing with the reactions or the reactive things that happen when the heat goes on. But I think over time, there's more and more likelihood, and we're doing that much more too, is to, to help athletes anticipate, but also to be able to, to understand the, the mental dynamics that go on that once they become more aware of and have some strategies which are able to hold them in the, in the right space, then we're probably going to find there'll be a matching up between being able to manage the circumstances, whereas at the moment I think there's still some unpredictability about that. Sports psychology and, and, and dealing with athletes, uh, I'm sure, is a mixture between building them up, getting them ready, getting them ready to peak at the right time. There's so much science involved in that. But the other side of it is, uh, Gary, is dealing with, with burnout and dealing with failure. Uh, how much of the latter do sports psychologists these days have to concentrate on? A lot. And, and you know, in many ways, the the greatest privileges that I've had in my span of involvement has been those moments when you're engaging with an athlete who's distraught and almost like emotional life and death. You know, the, some of the language around, by the way, that the, the failure is, is often couched in those terms. I was struck by the fact that Aaron Smith, post 2.19, when they lost and came out of the dressing room and spoke to the uh, media, his comment was, you know, we're absolutely gutted, which is a very kind of visceral, um, uh, you know, sense of life and death image. But he also said it's like a, a, a funeral in the dressing room. And I think that's what happens. And so that ability to to brave up and to go and, and sit beside somebody and try and help engage with them and listen to them, but also help them express what's happening so they don't lock it in and create some problems with that. I think that's an important piece. And while I'm saying that, just in terms of your piece as well, you'll know that you know when you're in the cricket space, 
when a batsman goes out, you give them time to be able to kind of gather themselves. You know, if they've, if they've gone out and they haven't done as well as they want, it's almost like you need to give them space to kind of collect themselves and then at the right time you can go in and start the process of helping them deal with the issue and to see what, you know, keeping a perspective um, that's an important piece of what happens. And that's tough, but it's also the more fundamental things that happen for sports psychologists. Gary Hermison, just finally, uh, if you were sitting next to Simone Wiles or advising her, would you say, knock these Olympics on the head, go home or go find a, a place where you can relax and just get some downtime and, and refocus uh, on what you want to do? Uh, sport-wise or whatever, or would you say, hang in here in Tokyo, it might come right, and you might get a gold later in the week? Um, what, I, what I do for a start is to talk with her about what was actually going on with her to the point where you get an understanding, because it, it, with the right kind of mindset, it may have been possible to, to recapture and gather and be able to sort of go out there and perform. But if the indications were from her and seemed to be that no it's just I've got, I've got to the point where I just can't process this I can't bring myself back into a space where I feel motivated energized and also safe enough emotionally to be able to go out there and do that so my hunch would be that you know you have to follow and help her explore what what lies beneath for her and it, it could have gone either way but it depends on just exactly finding out and helping her find out is it give up go because that's going to be better for you emotionally and, and personally or is it try and find a way to go back and to gather resources and um, deliver what you've been able to deliver as you have for a number of years. Gary Hermanson, uh, thank you so much for at late, late notice to giving up your time this morning. It's been invaluable to listen uh, to your insight on the problems of athletes today in particular with a special focus on this very special girl from America who's having a tough time of it. Gary, uh, great to catch up. Thanks again. Thanks very much, Ian. Cheers. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Now, there's, a, a for a start, uh, a good texting subject for you. 8833. Um, you know, what do you make of this uh, Simone Biles situation? She is the face of the Olympics. She was always going to be uh, probably, the, probably the most famous gymnast of all time. But here we find on the greatest stage of all, she can't do it. She absolutely just cannot get out there and do it. Um, what do you make of that? It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.